Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe, and this is Season 4, Episode 23 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. It's supposed to come out on December 20th, 2021, and this is the episode right before Christmas, so we're calling it our Christmas episode. It's our second to last episode of the year. It's our second to last episode of the season. And we're going to do something that's very holiday-inspired, very holiday. We're going to talk about Viking blood. Because uh, I made a, basically a cherry mellow mel. Uh, well, Ricky and I made one together. And um, it's an unspiced, but it's cherry and um, cherry and hibiscus. So it's got a little bit mm-hmm. of tartness in it. And uh, let me just make sure I'm putting down the right amount. It is 13.1% ABV. It, in, it ended up at uh, 1.01%. Um, for its uh, um, uh, its uh, uh, final gravity, and uh, so Ricky's had a little sip. I've had I've had this before, so I'm not going to give my tasting notes first today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's unspiced, so you're really just only getting kind of the fruit flavors and the hibiscus out of it. Right. Very mild, very sippable. Um, you know, it's it's not one of those things that's like overpowering you with flavor. It's a much Closer to like a, a table wine sort of yeah. profile and application. Kind of reminds me of a Merlot in a, a lot little of bit, ways. Yeah. yeah. I think it would do if, if I'm going to make this again. And I think I need to add like some spices to it, like mm-hmm. some, um, some, uh, maybe some cinnamon, some clove. And then I think it needs to be oaked. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that those two things together will just make this like top notch kind of level. I also thought about like, instead of adding cinnamon, adding chocolate to it, like some chocolate, like in the, oh, in the okay. initial brew, like heat up the honey and do like chocolate in the honey, um, like some chocolate nibs and see yeah. how that ends up turning. One out. of the things you can also do is they make like chocolate teas. That I've made yeah. a few of for Alice that are like the hulls and it really does taste like chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. I, well that, that, that's another thing I could put like a chocolate, a chocolate tea. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's it's not a bad idea. So maybe when we come back, we'll have another version of this because I'm I we've made this before. It was just a cherry mm-hmm. mead, you know, essentially, um, which was pretty good. Um, it is you know dry essentially, it's yeah. just right off dry, uh, which I thought it was right at sweet, but I guess I'm wrong about that. It's a little bit subjective though. Like but yeah. by the the labeling of the the people that label these things and keep track of wines. This is just off dry, uh, which is, is good. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it like this. Um, like I said, it reminds me of a Merlot, but I think there's some magic that happens. If you think about this in terms of Christmas, if you add a little bit of this, it's a, um, bitter milk is what it's called. It's a cocktail mixer mixer. Um, and it's, uh, it's supposed to be for old fashions. So it says it's strong and bittersweet with old-fashioned spices and chilies. And you just put like, oh, I mean, like maybe a bar spoonful, mm-hmm. just a, a tiny amount. And this stuff is powerful. It is super powerful. But mixed with this, it, oh, yeah. it, it, like, it, does, it takes it to a new level, right? It really does. You know, it acts like, you know, bitters do in a cocktail or anything else you have to do. It really brightens up the other flavors. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't put enough in to really get too much of the flavor of the bitter milk itself, 
But suddenly what was kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say a muted, but it was a fairly light flavor profile. It really opens it up. Yeah. You can, it goes from, oh, this guy has a bit of a fruity flavor to this tastes like cherries. Yeah. You know, it, it helps define everything else in it. So it's a great addition. Um, that's why I think, you know, putting some spices in the next time you make this, you can add a little bit of chocolate tea, you can rename it, call it like Santa's blood or something <laughs> like that. Um, it really does a lot for it. Well, I, I think you could do it two ways. Like do like a, a more uh, spiced mel- method. I, I don't even know how to say that. A, a, a fruit mead with some spices in it. Mm-hmm. And, and so that would be like a melomel methaglin. Mel- uh but anyway so if you if you do that that's like a standard one right mm-hmm. and then you have one that's like mulled wine christmas edition and it's just heavy on the clove get some orange yep. peel in there like mm-hmm. go ham on it right might maybe even make it with um so i i don't remember what honey i use but i think i use wildflower honey for this and or i use the texas honey for it i can't remember gonna look real quick um nope it was wildflower honey i also got some tart cherry powder oh, okay i thought maybe i could put into it to like bring out some of those cherry mm-hmm. notes so yeah i'm gonna play with this this is a recipe that i'm very interested in kind of trying to perfect next because i like the i like merlots and, and cabernets and things like that mm-hmm. and i also like the idea of like something being sm- spiced and Christmassy. yeah like a yeah. holiday wine yeah um, so let's talk about our foray into simple syrups that we had this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I made, uh, this recipe that's like keto friendly, simple syrup. Um, and, and we're also going to talk about fiber one bars a little bit. Um, but the, the recipe I made is basically, I made eight simple syrups. Two were like traditional ones, like a honey and ones like a, just a regular sugar. They're very sweet, right? Um, you know, we had them by the by themselves. Mm-hmm. They're traditional cocktail mixers. You can do all sorts of really fun stuff with those things. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, I made some erythritol simple syrup and I made some allulose simple th- syrup. Now those are the keto friendly ones. Mm-hmm. Those are zero sugar um, or zero. Um, they're, they're non-glycemic. So yeah. while they have calories, they should not up the, they're, they're sweet and they have calories that should not up your glycemic mm-hmm. uh, or insulin response. Yeah. So from that standpoint, we kind of went through and we definitely had some winners out of it because one of them kind of crystallizes, which is something that they had said in the, in the article that I linked to. Mm-hmm. And one of them doesn't, and that's the allulose doesn't crystallize and the, um, the keto, uh, I'm sorry, the erythritol does kind of crystallize in, in liquid. Mm. So I may be moving from uh, erythritol in my brews to allulose. I'm not sure yet. There is a little bit of an aftertaste with the allulose, too. And I, I, I think you pick up on that a little bit more than I do, right? Because you're yeah, really I, sensitive to that. I, I, it's got it both for erythritol and allulose. I'll say of the two, allulose seems to be a little bit softer than the erythritol. Mm-hmm. So, that said, um, we made some cocktails, mm-hmm. and um, we made we had some some coffee, some cold brew coffee with these simple syrups in it. 
with the ones that we like the most. We made yeah. the spiced version of the allulose simple syrup. And I don't know. Did you finish your cocktail already? No, I've got a little bit left over yeah. here. Well, so why don't you give us some tasting notes on that? It's basically, I'll go through the recipe real quick. It was a bar spoon. It was two bar spoons, which ended up being like a little bit like a quarter of an ounce of um, Maker's Mark bourbon. Um, then the limoncello, lemon mead that we had before. Um, about two more bar spoons of the uh, spiced allulose mix and then a little bit of bitters that went on the top mix that up um, mm-hmm. and the the limoncello was cold and that's not limoncello uh, like liqueur that is what we called the uh, lemon mead mm-hmm. that we made the skeeter pea variant yeah. that we made <laughs> yeah i mean it tastes very much like a lemonade cocktail mm-hmm. um Especially now that I've like let my tongue rest a little bit and didn't just come off of trying all the simple syrups, the sweetness comes out really well. Mm-hmm. The The lemon is really, it doesn't have that lemonade flavory, but it, it almost tastes like a better mixture of lemon and water. I don't know how to say it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not sweet enough to think, oh, you've put a bunch of sugar in this, but it's also not sour enough to be like, well, this is just straight up lemon juice. Right. Then the whiskey sits on it pretty well, gives it a little bit of extra heat. So overall, yeah, I mean, I like it. It's a good cocktail. So I think what we've come to from this is that the the recipe they give in this, because we tried it four different ways, of all the things that we tried, if you're going to do it, the allulose, then put some spices in it, like mm-hmm. whether you put some um, more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? like sweet spices, like baking spices, like uh, mm-hmm. clove and pepper and cinnamon and uh, star anise, star anise, like I did, you know, that, that, that tends it in one direction. You should also, you could also put sage and thyme and rosemary in it and have like a different kind of more savory cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um, so re- depending on which one you're kind of going for and you're looking for something that's a little bit more, non-glycemic like say maybe you're a diabetic like me or you know you're just trying to be a little bit healthier but you still like to have like some cocktails this is a way that you can do that um also like on the on that like kind of note um snacking you know snacking can be tough for people uh i, i know for me like i've got like a a crunch tooth i guess i'm not mm-hmm. not so much a sweet tooth I, i'm not tempted to eat things every now and then i'll have like a hankering for some skittles or something um but the thing that really gets me is if i'm hungry and i want a snack i want something like that's a little bit more either chewy or crunchy mm-hmm. uh salty you know that sort of thing um so like i, I can kind of get by with that with like um, if I'm looking for, uh, like some, some almonds or something like that, that kind of mm-hmm. helps me stay, staying healthy. But, um, the, while the almonds have fiber in them and stuff like that, they're good. Sometimes I, I still want something that's a little bit sweet. Right. Yeah. Um, and so in those moments, like, you know, it's, it's hard to find something that is healthy ish and something that, you know, 
I like. Mm. <laughs> I've tried zucchini brownies before. I've tried some other things like that. And sometimes they're good. Uh, but oftentimes they still have more sugar or something like that in them. Or they don't have enough fiber to offset the sugar and make it release slower so that it doesn't cause my insulin to you know, reaction to spike. Mm-hmm. So my blood sugar will go up. But I found these things are like fiber one bars. Um, and, you know, fiber one, mucilex, old people stuff, you know. <laughs> um, but you've had some of these, right? And, oh, yeah. And yeah. so what, what have you thought of them? Like, it, It's been a while since I've had one. But when I used to work in the office, they had these like fiber one peanut butter bars. And that's what I would always bring to work as a snack. Instead of having to go in the break room and make popcorn or something like that, I carry one of those with me. Mm-hmm. And they're really filling. They you're you're right in that they don't have that much added sugar. There's a little bit, but especially if you get like some of the peanut butter stuff, it's pretty high in protein, pretty high in fiber. Yep. It makes it really good just like walking around food. You know, I used to keep one in my backpack for when I go on walks and stuff if I got hungry. So my dietitian doesn't love the these because she says they're nothing foods. <laughs> they're they're um, you know, like you should eat fruit. So raspberries are a great alternative to like fiber one because they have relatively within the same amount of calories, you have more, more fiber in raspberries than you do mm-hmm. in uh, fiber one bar. However, um, for about 70 calories, <clears throat> you get between three and six, you know, grams of fiber. That's pretty darn good. Um, Three, you know, three per 100 is what I've learned mm. is like high fiber, right? So, um, yeah, I, I'm just since we were talking about staying healthy ish, you yeah, know. yeah, and, and I can understand what your dietitian is saying. The only problem with that is it's hard for me to keep a handful of raspberries on my person. Um, that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons, though, why I don't have them as much anymore because now that I permanently work from home. You know, there's other things in my house I could eat. Mm-hmm. I am having, like, fresh fruit or, like, leftovers from the dinner the night before or something that has more nutrition in it. But what's really good about the Fiber One Bars is they last forever. Like, two years after they've been made or something silly like mm-hmm. that. Uh, and, you know, that's a positive and a negative because, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, what, what it lasts so long. But, uh... you know, preservatives. <laughs> but, I mean, it still it hits that point. You know, I've... I've taken my backpack out to the park, and me and my wife have gone on a hike, and we get near the end of the hike, and we're like, oh, man, uh, I'm a little hungry. I could use a little snack right now before we do the rest of this two-mile walk back. And you're like, oh, look, here's this fiber bar I put in here a year ago. It's still good. <laughs> and then boom. So, you know, it is it's good for that, like, keep it in a lunchbox, keep it, you know, or just even at your desk at work. I used to, when uh, I moved up a little bit and I had a more permanent desk that had, like, a little drawer to it, I... They used to sell them in like eight or ten packs or something like mm-hmm. that. They sell them in ten packs, right? Yeah, I'd buy one. I just throw it at my desk, and you know it was there if I ever needed one. Yeah, I think I think the the thing for me from like the diabetic perspective is I really shouldn't be eating like chocolate and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It, and if I do, I try to eat like dark chocolate, right? And I I limit it to like a little tiny piece just to like taste it, you know, whatever. I can have something like this, and it doesn't nearly affect my blood sugar as much yeah and so like if if i'm looking for something that's sweet chocolatey sweet and not gonna like spike my blood sugar this is kind of the way for me to go there's also um an unrelated company called one protein that makes protein bars Mm -hmm. that kind of are the same way yep lower sugar they have like all the the good things 
that you know I need without like you know pushing me toward that like blood sugar spike, which is yeah, yeah. A, an important thing for for a diabetic to have. Yeah, the other big uh, popular product was the Cliff Bars. I yeah. remember someone convincing me to buy a bunch of those because on paper they look great. Um, not actually that great, or at least you know they weren't a couple of years ago when I tried them. You they know. they're kind of bland. I don't love the way that they taste, and that's one of the reasons. Like I'm not really, they don't have as much protein, um, you know, as one of those. They're mm-hmm. higher calorie, and I and they have less fiber and things like yeah, that. Yeah, they used to be really big in the keto community because they used alcohol sugars right. instead of actual sugars, so you didn't metabolize them as much. But you're right, they, they just didn't have a very good flavor to them. Right, they're they're very bland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not necessarily going for keto. The, 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 the only reason we talked about the keto, like, stuff is because it's non-glycemic, not because yeah. it's keto. Well, you know, it, it's the same end goal, though, right? Like, if you're trying to lower your carbs or you're diabetic, keto people are taking it much more to the extreme, but they're just right. trying to do the same thing, is limit their carb intake. Yeah, true. So we were going to talk about cryptocurrencies and being vulnerable to uh, quantum computers as a silly science topic, because mm-hmm. uh, it's not really like the, the, the. I mean, it is, but in like ten, maybe fifteen years, you know. Well, the the sum of that article was, hey, quantum computing's let us do things really, really fast. So things that are secured by the idea of it takes too long to do it aren't necessarily secure anymore. That's true. That's very, very true. Man, that was a whistle. Did you hear that? I got that. Enough. Didn't hear it on my end. But I can hear it now. <laughs> Caught in 4K. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> absolutely. But the uh, the the I, I think the the thing is, it's as if the the article was written and not taking into account that, like the Ethereum blockchain, even the Bitcoin blockchain, things like that. Those are constantly evolving, and being added to, and yeah. uh, being you know worked on in such a way that they're moving past some of their vulnerabilities that may come in the future because they see those things happening and they, they left that out. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and even then I think the article made the same point over and over again, that quantum computers are so fast that these things that are vulnerable, that take a long time, won't necessarily take a long time. So now they're vulnerable and it was kind of pointed at cryptocurrency, but that argument is for almost, Everything. everything. Yeah. yeah Passwords, I mean, anything. Almost everything we secure nowadays is under the guise of, well, if you tried to brute force it, it would take 800 years. So what's the point? Yep. Um, suddenly quantum computing comes along and, oh, well, maybe now it only takes a year. So if it's a, a big enough payload, okay, yeah, maybe you take that risk. But, but also like, quantum computers aren't in the hands of every mortal yeah, they're the not, I mean, they're not, they barely have practical application now. Yeah. I think that's the other thing with quantum computing is, is whenever it comes about, if it ever comes about, it is such a change of architecture that the whole world will have to start switching over to it. And at that point, part of that switching over to it is coming up with ways to secure it. Yep. So I, I don't know. I'm not saying it was a nothing article, um, but it was definitely trying to make a spook of something I don't think is a legitimate concern, really. Yeah. Well, I threw it in for the, the humor of yeah. it. Yeah, well, it's definitely there. I mean, it was, on a, <laughs> it was on a mainstream news website, and I, I know it was written with good intention. I think I would have liked the article more if it just pointed out the greater security things and stopped pretending like that was a crypto-specific problem. Yeah, it, it almost felt like someone that doesn't like crypto was writing the article. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the last thing that I had to talk about today is – 
I have automated my Christmas lights. I have gone full National Lampoon's mm. Griswold and automated the Christmas lights in and outside the house. Every okay. single one of my Christmas lights in my house, they come on at the same time. They go off at the same time. Well, the ones on the outside come on later. Yeah, yeah. But they all go off at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's nice. <laughs> it's really nice. I started this journey last year. I just plugged the – I got this light strip from this company called Genie that they sell at Best Buy. And I think they're a Best Buy brand for like automation, but they're pretty cheap. Um I mean, I realize that if they ever, like, I'm ripping all this stuff out if they ever go down the road of, like, not offering yeah, updates yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But so far, you don't have to have a hub, offer updates, and they have full-on automation with a pretty nice app. So they've got these little buttons that they're, like, you plug into a socket, and mm-hmm. it's got a power switch on the side, so you can turn it on and off by pressing okay. the power switch. But pairs up you just like move the phone near it pairs up immediately say what wi-fi you want it on go puts it on that wi-fi and then instantly it's reachable from everywhere all over the world um via the app or via your google voice or whatever but it can control lights and so i've made that part of my christmas setup Mm -hmm. to be able to you know deploy and do and things like that and i tried like because i kind of like ubiquity stuff ubiquity has a similar button i tried the same thing with their button it doesn't have the automations and the routines for being turned on and off but man like the lights come on the trees glowing and doing the thing in the front yard all the lights come on and Mm -hmm. it, it like the star pattern goes on the house we have the lights all around the garage now like i'm kind of like oh my god (laughs) this is pretty amazing we even have like these old like 1960s decorations that my grandmother had that were just these candles that have like an incandescent bulb on the top and uh they go in like a window sill or something you just kind of set them there and it looks like you know candles in the window and stuff like that got that going now before it was kind of a pain in the butt because you had to plug it into a socket and then just kind of leave it there and all right mm-hmm. but you had to go like unplug it because it didn't have like an on off switch so either you left it on all the time and your house would burn down or you could turn it on like you know every now and then right yep. um got that going now okay so when are you going to automate your house Ooh. <laughs> uh, we we have decided since we're renting a place we are never going to put in that sort of effort into a rental property mm-hmm. but we are looking pretty firmly at getting a house next year so Probably next Christmas we'll be looking into some stuff. I think I think we're gonna have to Griswold Ricky's house too. Like like there may have to become a thing where Alice hates you for a little bit <laughs> for all the home automation you put in. Um, yeah, I, it's a fun thing to do though. Like with with that stuff, I I can't say like no one should like actual like overdo it. You know, I, I don't think we're overdoing it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's nice that you know I don't wake up in the morning and realize that my my wife left the Christmas tree on all night, yeah, yeah. you know, or something like that. Like I can just look over, see that it's off and it's off. Right. Yep. Same, it's same sort of concept as our backyard lights. They're on until a certain time at night. Take the dog out in the backyard. Not a problem. We have lights there. Yep. They're, they're not too bright. They're not too dim. They're good enough to be able to see, to take the dog out and come back inside. But, you know, and I can turn them off and on from my phone if I have to take him out, you know, later. So 
Same thing with the Christmas lights. I can, if we're going to stay up a little bit later and we want the lights on longer, and turn them back on and turn them back off, you mm-hmm. know, with my phone. I don't have to, I don't have to go downstairs, and then flip on a switch or step on a button and like walk around to five different places. I know that's a little lazy, but I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I just kind of dominated that topic. Is there anything that you have to say about that? No, it's cool to do that. I remember long, long ago maybe early 2000s we were doing something similar but nowhere near as advanced at my grandmother's house yeah because she was at the age she couldn't uh, you know put the lights up as much and anything like that so back then it was all run off of like timers and light trackers and stuff like that but had her little her little light set up so that it would turn on at night and do all the little fancy things and then turn off in the morning and all that well, i've also got when we when we when you do your house I figured out the way to get it so that you, when it rains or something, it doesn't like destroy your electronics, um, so that they last longer. Mm-hmm. You know, your lights don't get messed up. So yeah, that it's kind of a kind of a nice, you know, option for having power to things without like, you know, a little water gets in and you know, mm-hmm. you know you, you've lost whatever it is that you had there. So, yeah, um, that was season four, episode 23 of the Beer and Broadband podcast. Merry Christmas, as I bump the mic. It's not an episode if one of us does not hit the mic. Um, But Merry Christmas. Uh, Hope you have a happy holidays. And for those that don't celebrate Christmas, uh, hope that your holidays are are great uh, if you get some time off from, from work or school or whatever. Otherwise, this should come out on December 20th, 2021, right before uh, Christmas comes on. And we'll catch you next time.